thank you very much for being here today. Um, indeed, I'm going to be talking about uh, spatial computing today, um, but I'm not going to focus so much on uh, what I do at Spark Air Studio at Meta, but rather I'm going to give an introduction to what AR is today and how I understand it through my practice as an architect. So AR, as you can see here in a, an app by Google, is the superimposition of 3D models uh, that are virtual over a camera feed. Um, and AR is mostly used today uh, as a face filter uh, and augmentation uh, software. So you may see things on the internet like games or face filters. Face filters at Meta are created in Spark AR Studio, which is the software that I work on and that you can see uh, screen captured here. But um, the reason why I'm here and the reason why I maintain a practice of my own outside of uh, Spark is because I think that architects and artists, along with designers in general, um, could be and should be taking steps in order to um, embed uh, structural politics and uh, poetics into the design of augmented reality, which is now taking place. Um, my journey starts as an architect. This is the first building I built. It was a small warehouse in Spain. Um, and I moved on to doing things like writing about the effects on media, on architecture, uh, writing and making comics about architecture, like you can see here, um, or doing installations such as for the Venice Biennale, in which, um, as you can see here, I was uh, already starting to become fascinated with the relationship between two-dimensional two perception and three-dimensional perception. So in these slides, you can see in this installation how uh, there is a shape being formed by b-dimensional elements, those strings of light. And that I was taking and starting to explore that further in things like these models that I did for Maxi Museum in Rome uh, for a project in which I um, was interested in creating a model that, that, would, that would be uh, made of two-dimensional elements but form a three-dimensional object. I was at the same time uh, making uh, software for the new incubator in the new museum incubator in New York. This was a software that allowed museums to uh, import their 2D collections of paintings or objects and then transform them into 3D models automatically. And uh, at the same time, I was just uh, still building buildings and uh, just taking part in the concept of making two-dimensional drawings into three-dimensional elements. Lately, I've been experimenting also with the meaning of objects inside of people's homes. Uh, and how meaning is built out of objects and uh, what happens if you decontextualize them. But one of the parts uh, of this talk is about the language of AR. So AR is right now a discipline that is being uh, shaped uh, by both artists and tech companies at the same time. And uh, there are certain themes that I've become uh, interested in one of them is uh, the language of the internet today and how it will translate into a three-dimensional internet. So in an upcoming exhibition that I'll be doing in Madrid in October, I'm willing to explore how the language of memes, emojis, news feeds, etc., 
will be spatialized and uh, how it will be three-dimensional and how we'll interact with it in the future. I'm also an AR creator myself and I, um, I'm more interested or invested in creating world AR effects rather than face effects. So you can see here some of the stuff that I've been doing with AR today. Um, as you can see, I'm interested in things like uh, making objects that can be confused with the real world or uh, making things that distort the geometry of the real world and can follow objects around. And it's because I believe that at the core of augmented reality design, what lies is the difference between mathematics and physics. So when you're an architect, what you're doing is designing for the physical world. And in the physical world, you have geometry and you have tectonics and buildings. And what this means is that they are both intertwined. Uh, the structure of a building uh, depends on its geometry, and its geometry also determines how the load of the building just goes down to the Earth. In uh, the immersive internet or in augmented reality, physics is optional. Uh, you don't have to have physics. You can only have geometry. Now, how much do you want to import as a designer into, um, from physics into AR? That is a fundamental design question that is right now being asked in the AR design world. Uh, very often we need metaphors from the physical world in order for people to understand what AR is doing or in order to be able to interact with it. But the fundamental question that designers need to uh, address today in the design of AR systems is where do we draw this line, this dotted line, where exactly is it? Here you can see an example of uh, an object that I did for uh, an exhibition about a, uh, an architect, an Italian architect called, called Nervi, uh, in which I took one of his structures and just put it in the real world in AR. Or you can see another video here of another intervention with AR in which I was taking a famous uh, drawing by Venturi and uh, transposing it into the real world and turning any building into a monument. In another recent exhibition, uh, which was about the, the role of architecture as uh, something that can emit information from its surfaces, I was also uh, doing a, a little intervention about what the future of housing could be like and uh, joining that with what architecture, for example, of libraries in the 17th century was, to, was about. Um, and when we talk about the uh, language of AR, one of the things that I find most striking today is that um, there seems to be a, a great inspiration that's being taken from, uh, by AR artists today from the world of surrealism and its symbolism and its aesthetic language. So here you can see, and I'm going to give a series of examples of uh, surrealist paintings together with uh, augmented reality that is being produced today. Um, you can see here another example. We have a Magritte painting together uh, with a drawing by Space Popular, both talking about thresholds, the idea of uh, a monster or another object inhabiting the world and defying the laws of physics, and we also have things like 
um, masks uh, that are being popular right now on social media platforms, but were also explored in surrealism back in the day. These are all from the 40s and 50s. Um, and most interestingly for me, this kind of language has also um, influenced... <laughs> has also influenced uh, the way painters today address um, their own aesthetics. So this is contemporary surrealism, also known uh, as haunted realism. Uh, this is being, uh, has been just recently coined. And as you see, there is a common theme of um, the uncanny valley kind of exploration um, of human faces, that is being taken from internet and uh, immersive media back into the realm of what was known as fine arts. This is another example of a contemporary painting uh, together with uh, an AR effect. And um, that trend of the digital coming and influencing the physical, you can also see another example here of a jewelry designer on your left that is a real object that she sells as jewelry um, together with digital jewelry. And this is becoming even like more and more um, pervasive as uh, there are fashion companies right now like Ouroboros who sell uh, virtual clothes and also brands like Valenciaga may employ techniques such as a screen in order to simulate something that looks like AR but isn't in order to sell virtual goods instead of physical goods. And I also want to talk today about a project that I did called Cloud Housing in which I explored that transposition of AR trends and AR language into the way in which people will inhabit their uh, homes and their living spaces in the future. Cloud Housing was uh, a research project that uh, took over a year and I did with the Housing the Human Fellowship. The final iteration of it was uh, this exhibition in which people had an iPad and they could explore a living room type of space with uh, this iPad and see three different moments that I'm about to explain right now and that I think will shape the future of living uh, through augmented reality. At the same time, I was explaining those three concepts in the exhibition, and these are the three, three concepts. Spatial data, spatial interfaces, and the reality-virtuality continuum. Spatial data means that um, phones or devices that mounted displays um, need to reconstruct the world or reconstruct the scene in which they are placed in order to have a digital replica or a digital understanding of that space and be able to position three-dimensional objects in that, that is done via a series of points. Um, and in the first iteration of cloud housing, I was trying to bring those points to life and make a room just made out of points and see, try to see if the visitors of this exhibition could actually respond to that as if it were an actual living space and they could draw in it as if uh, it had real scale and it could be a real inhabitable space. But in the final iteration, what I did was to build an actual living room and then create a digital replica of it that was one-to-one -one with the living room. And then through the app, people could see both. 
So this is usually happening under the hood, but with this, uh, with this installation, I wanted to bring it to the surface in order to ask questions like, what happens, if, um, what happens with this digital replica? What does it mean for this data to exist? On the one hand, it can open many possibilities for architects, such as uh, post-occupational studies. They would be able to understand how people use their buildings so much better than they do today. Um, but at the same time, it also opens questions about privacy. Is the interior of my drawer uh, more private than my living room, or is my bedroom more or less private than my kitchen? The second moment is spatial interfaces. Spatial interfaces means the superimposition of uh, information, informational layer on the real world that people will perceive, perhaps through our glasses in the future. Um, and it means that people will have access immediately to an augmented world uh, that um, takes over their visual field, but also um, makes everything they see mediated and informed through a different layer that includes also not just information, but maybe other people that they can interact with and that they can talk with who are not physically present. And for me, this is very much linked with the idea of uh, architecture as something that can emit information, as we were talking about before. You can see this trend already taking shape in um, things like Uber advertisements that try to mimic an interface. You're seeing an ad here that actually feels like a notification. In AR, it will be possible to do that contextually, not just in airports, but everywhere. Um, and so in cloud housing, in the cloud housing project, I was surfacing this by putting an interface on every piece of furniture that had awareness of uh, how much it's being used and also proposed to its user to be updated, that you could buy the latest uh, upholstery for it, or also that maybe your friend had a different one or matched it in a different way. Um, or it would suggest, for example, that you could buy um, food because you didn't have any, or you hadn't been like eating healthy food on your table, or you had been spending too much time on the sofa, so maybe you should go for a run. Um, and all these interfaces will create a kind of mass of, uh, and a proliferation of, of data and attention-seeking um, elements that are floating around in our lives that will immediately translate to advertisement. So, Ads in AR will never be like this. These are like pop-ups, like the pop-ups of the internet, where you're trying to access your own, um, sorry, your own experience on the internet, and you're blocked by these pop-ups, and you want to close them. Um, the ads on the in, on in AR will be much more subtle, but I wanted to bring them into uh, cloud housing in this way in order to express the idea that um, people will be seeing different types of advertisements or no advertisements based on uh, perhaps um, different models or different levels of payment. So what happens to public space when one person sees public space with ads versus another person who has paid not to see ads, for example? And the third moment and the last moment is the reality-virtuality continuum. What this means is that um, both virtual reality and augmented reality live in a continuum, um, so they are not fundamentally different things, but they also coexist with physical reality. And 
one reason why I want to um, elaborate on this is because I truly believe that um, we are right now shaping uh, augmented reality and immersive technologies, and these technologies will fundamentally transform the way people use and understand space. Um, and I hope that it will be in a better way than its direct translation. So here you can see a person who has optimized a room for virtual reality, and as you can see, they have a carpet on the floor that allows them to sense whenever they are approaching a wall so that they don't crash against the wall. That's why they're barefoot and have that, um, that carpet that just stops before the walls. And uh, the living room of the future, in my opinion, will be populated with objects that are personal to the person that uh, inhabits that space, but it may be different from the living room that the person that lives with them sees. Um, in cloud housing, you can see the slider on the left side of the screen, where um, you can see that you can, this is a personal reality dial, so you can turn up reality to be completely personal, or balanced, or completely physical. And I think that in the future, people will seamlessly um, transition from one uh, point in this spectrum to another without, with barely realizing it. And I wonder, or I ask myself, how can we as designers make people more aware of that? Uh, do we want that to really be seamless, or do we want to create some seams that actually inform people of which part of the spectrum they are inhabiting in each moment, and how it differs from what other people are seeing? So just as a summary, and with this I'm finishing, uh, these are the three moments, spatial data, um, advertisements and interfaces, and personal reality dials, or the reality virtuality continuum. We shape our tools, and thereafter, our tools shape us. Thank you very much. <laughs>